And now for another installment of Stream Theater. Hello and welcome. Come on in. Come, come into our linoleum foyer, won't you? Sit a spell on this here velvet ottoman. Would you like some mayonnaise? Menu. Perhaps you'd love some crazy cow frosted corn cereal that makes strawberry milk strawberry um, maybe even you'd love a little taste of our eggs and blended oj who let bastion's father in here yes who let him in naive yes Get out. He's, he's obviously hung over Again, Again, like always, <laughs> like always, right. Bastion's dad. Right. Get your He's shit together, up. Bastion's dad. Like, I mean, like, have you seen Bastion, though? If you had to sit there and <laughs> talk <laughs> that child. Right. He's like, Daddy, I saw you pass down the living room again. He's like, it's because I had to look at your face. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't oh, you run God. along to school and then I never see you again? That would be Ever great. Ever again. Good talk. I miss Let's Moon go. Child. I miss my wife, my wife, Moonchild. <laughs> when she died, I decided I had to become a corporate man. Right. Huh. <laughs> right. So yes. uh, uh, another possible breakfast item that you could have here at this potential uh, post-70s uh, bruncheon, uh, you could get some spinach and egg mold. How's that sound Ooh. for you, friends? <laughs> what? Mold. Uh, it's from uh, it's from Budget Best Bets spinach okay. and egg mold, baby. Uh, it's mm. a Jello made from spinach and eggs. Uh, oh, you know what? And, and served in a in a like a molded dish. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. It's just, it's just molded that way. No <laughs> you just mold left in it out in the yet. sun for a few days. And then... <laughs> Actually, really good. Just leave it out for a day. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a little bit of a tang. You know, you take the indigestion <laughs> in stride. <laughs> it really, it really, it's a great cleanse. It's a great let's put cleanse. it that way. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. Fantastic. So you remember uh, how we thought this was going to be a quick episode? Uh, dear listeners, yeah. <laughs> my name is right. Ian. My name's Ben. And I'm Matt. And what you're tuning into now, if it's your first time listening, in which case, welcome. If you're a returning listener, hello, it's so good to see you again. Uh, mm -hmm. You're listening to Stream Theory. What we do here, it's pretty simple. We take some sort of streaming property that's out there and available through some sort of streaming service, and we uh, sort of distill it through our patented Too Many Flicks Stream Theory uh, method of uh, critiquing and uh, evaluation. What does that look like, you ask? Well, we do it in three phases. Our first phase is the good. We start with the positive. We talk about what this said streaming property does well. So we uh, each take a little turn talking about what we think something did well, regardless of how we feel about it in the end. And we scooch on over because no piece of art is perfect. So inevitably, you have to talk about what we talk about in the second portion of our journey, the bad. You know, everything could be done better. We all strive for perfection, but until we reach it, it's going to be an interesting fucking fumble. Uh, and then That's finally, right. at the end, we sit there in the rubble of what we've just examined, and we get deep down and dirty in this sandbox, and we scooch on over to the remake. When Hollywood inevitably recycles this story in about five to ten years, we go ahead and get the pleasure of saying what we think that might look 
like. And then once we finished our patented three-part or three-portioned evaluation system, we scooch on over to our grading system. It's five-tiered. We could use numbers. We could use stars. That would make sense, but ha-ha, no, I say. And so that's why <laughs> you start with the top tier of our grading system, must watch. Self-explanatory. It's important art, and it's uh, well done. It's critical. It's a, it's a must-watch. Go watch it now. Stop listening to the podcast. Now, go. Uh, just below that, uh, you have It's on the list. Of course, it means, you know, the art's great. It's well done. There are some things it could do better. There's a must-watch in front of it. You have it in your queue. It's on the list. As we head to our middling tier, we arrive at something for the background. This is art or, or, or streaming properties that are inoffensive. You can put it on to distract the pets or the children. Uh, you can put it on and, and reasonably enjoy doing chores or something. It's something for the background. Now we scooch on over to the lower side of our grading scale, where you find yourselves approaching the I would rather. Something so banal, so horribly inept that we, your hosts, must state something unpleasant that we would rather do than indulge or uh, tolerate said streaming program again. And finally, as we come to the bottom of our grading scale, the absolute dregs, the 7-Eleven bathrooms of the media world, <laughs> it is, of course, my friends, the kissing booth. This is our lowest rank. Uh, this art is just, like, horrifying for a whole list of reasons. It doesn't necessarily need to be inept. In fact, sometimes that makes it that much more horrifying. Uh, we used to have Artemis Fowl be the bottom of it because it was, like, kind of cute. And then we mm -hmm. washed the kissing booth. And, friends, uh, when you find the bottom of a barrel, you always need to make another barrel. Uh, <laughs> what are we talking about today, my friends? What are we, what are we examining if we didn't already give it away with our opening bits? All right. Today, we are going to be examining the never-ending story. <laughs> and then we get banned forever. By right. <laughs> cease and desist. I yeah. purposefully <laughs> cut the film right at the credits because I heard that song starting up and I knew you were going to like sing it and it was gonna get stuck in my head i said no friend yeah <laughs> <laughs> no and i turned it right off it's so uh, damn catchy not today <laughs> satan it's infectious oh my god uh so anyway the never-ending story came out in 1984 it was directed by wolfgang peterson uh the screenplay was written by wolfgang peterson and herman weigel Based on the book Die Unendlich Gesticht, or The Never-Ending Story, by Michael Ender. And it is starring Noah Hathaway, Barrett Oliver, Tammy Stronach, Patricia Hayes, Sidney Bromley, Gerald McCraney, and Moses Gunn. The cinematography is by, I'm not sure if it's Joost or Joost Vacano, and the music is by Klaus Doldinger and the incomparable Giorgio Moroder. Uh, the premise of this movie, a troubled boy dives into a wondrous fantasy world through the pages of a mysterious book. Mm. Okay, so this is Throwback Thursday, y'all. Mm -hmm. We were originally going to do Harry and the Hendersons, and then we realized that it was actually a Cinemax exclusive. It wasn't actually on uh, Hulu. I'm Google very disappointed. Lies. If it says it's on Hulu, don't believe them. I know. I'm so sad. I'm so sad because we don't get to make John Lithgow jokes and go, <laughs> don't you know we don't watch you anymore? But, you <laughs> right, know... Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, because now we got to talk about this movie instead. So, 
Um, mm-hmm. I would like to start us off with the goods, if that's okay, cool. Okay, go ahead. There is something really, really pleasant about watching movies from the 80s and seeing the the matte painting backdrops. Uh, there's something, it, it's so, they don't necessarily look believable, they don't necessarily look realistic, but there's something about them that is so comforting to me and, and helps kind of bring me into the world, even though they're not, you know, by today's standards of CGI and all this other stuff, they they look obvious. There's something so delicate and so enjoyable about them. I would like to contrast the backgrounds in this with the bullshit CGI beach in The Witches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, yeah, sure. I yeah, mean, definitely. which would you rather fucking look at? Yeah. I would much rather yeah. see these artistic, Absolutely. gorgeous backgrounds. Uh, this movie is brimming with design. All of the characters real are... Quick, real quick, can I... Yes. Because uh, you made me think of something with that comment about the beaches and the witches. Uh, yes. It almost feels like, just to uh, highlight that contrast a little bit more, the s- shitty CGI from the uh, beach from the witches is almost sort of there so you don't look at it. Like, hey, there's a beach, Like, try not to pay too much attention. Whereas the backdrops of the never-ending story like invite you Absolutely. to uh, examine them and look at them. Absolutely. Drink this in. Mm-hmm. Appreciate mm-hmm. this. It reminds me of art that you would find on like old books. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about it that is just so delightful to see. And matte painting, while it is falling out of favor, I think it's a tragedy because it's um, it can be used to great effect. And is true. I mean, it's it's beautiful when well done, mm-hmm. as it is in this. And the design in general of this movie is fucking baller. The yes, all of the all of the creatures and characters are full of personality. There's nothing banal about the never-ending story. Mm-hmm. It is fucking. I mean, within within like one minute of being in the realm of Fantasia, you are met with like a crazy ass looking goblin dude you're met with (laughs) deep roy in a fucking top hat who's got a fucking racing snail there's a flying bat and a giant rock you know rock eater yeah i mean it's just like you know (laughs) it's a good in a good way right yeah in the best possible like you know they clearly someone along the way did a bunch of drugs like yeah it's 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 just it's so thoroughly enjoyable to watch Mm. um it's good to look at i appreciate that and the use of practicals you know this is the 80s there was not Mm -hmm. such a heavy reliance on cgi now cgi can be used to great effect especially by very talented directors people like Mm -hmm. david fincher Mm -hmm. do an excellent job of using cgi invisibly however Visible CGI, CGI that draws attention to itself, still doesn't feel good. We've talked about this before. Mm. These things feel real, even though they sort of feel like puppets. Light scattering on physical things looks good. It looks real. And there are moments in here where there is some crappy green screening that you can see. However, I mean, that's neither here nor there. It's just like, it's just good to look at. It's good to fucking look at. Dude, I'm with you, man. It's nostalgia. It's just like, oh my God, like it's cheesy and corny and ridiculous, but fucking 
and I love those goddamn backdrops. Even when I watch like yeah. TNG, I'm just like, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Well, yeah, and yeah. it's and and the '80s were kind of a heyday also for puppetry. This is like mm-hmm. the Henson era, right? Yeah, where man. you've got things like Labyrinth and The Dark Crystal mm-hmm. and Neverending Story, all of which came out within like I'm pretty sure like a five year period of each yeah, other. Yeah, they were dropping all the same type of film too. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's like cra- they're all fucking wild batshit crazy movies <laughs> and they're all great they're all great in their own specific ways um and there's just something about seeing these designs that was like so fucking unfettered mm-hmm. by a taste i don't know <laughs> right, <laughs> like yeah. by common sense mm-hmm. that is just it's just fantastic like yeah, they absolutely. they allowed things to kind of be ugly and, <laughs> yeah for sure and it made them somehow more enjoyable to look at mm, you know mm-hmm. i just i cannot stress enough how much i think the design of this movie the set dressing the uh the the characters all of it is just oh it's so good i it's so good i that mm-hmm. that is like i to to the heavens there are so many good things to talk about i want to yeah. turn it over to you guys I'll go next. Uh, yeah. And I'll just jump off on your points because all your points were really good. Um, yeah, there's something warming about just the way this looked. It just made me feel warm and at home. I don't <laughs> – it's just – I don't know. Maybe it's because of the era I was born in. Like, um, just looking at that, still like – we. okay, so we're millennials. Most I think we were born in the 90s, right? I think mm-hmm. we're all born in the 90s here. Um, so we, like, got the remnants of that. So that stuff to us when we were younger didn't look so out of place and strange. Like, I'm sure, like, a Gen Z person now would look at that and be like, what the fuck? Yes. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, like, it still has some resonance with us to be like, oh, this is familiar. This is, like, watching on Saturday night or just seeing a VHS and be like, what's this fucking movie? And you're with your friends, and it just feels good Mm -hmm. in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, um, I I love how bleak this movie is. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love the realness that they bring to it. It's a grittiness. Like you said, Matt, they aren't afraid of it looking ugly. And they aren't afraid of the the actual text being kind of ugly, too. Now, there are things that I think are a little forced and not fully flushed out, which we will get into in the bad. But uh, they, they, I mean, like, this movie pulls no punches. And... I've seen a pattern that has happened recently where kids' movies, if they're live action, don't pull those punches quite as hard as they did in the 90s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually reserve those for like Pixar films or like they'll pull punches because they think they're behind like the animation and like, oh, it's still bright and colorful. Um, and we can also like kill off the parents like we always do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, there was definitely more of it with this live action films um, catered to children where they're like, loss is a thing, loss happens. And they don't try to color it and just move on. It's like, this is a thing. And even as a kid, you will experience this. Yeah. And it's ugly. It's gross. You're going to feel emotional, frustrated. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of things that are going to happen to you. And this is what we're going to try to convey because kids need to learn that shit too. They're smart. Um, and I thoroughly appreciated this in this film uh i don't remember i remember watching bits and pieces of this as a a kid but i don't think i saw the entire thing i always was kind of freaked out but like 
piecing it together was a fun experience too. Of like, oh yeah, yeah, oh I remember that vaguely. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like piecing the movie together. That was also a good experience. That's just personal for me. And uh, yeah, a lot of the camera work was really cool too. Um, and it, some some diversity there. Like they had the Black Wizard. That was not really a thing. Yeah. Like this black like like guy just like they're like you need to go out here and it's so easy for them to just cast a random white guy and they they didn't do that i mean it's not brimming with diversity but it's still a point where i was like oh that's pretty cool you know what i mean like Certainly. um and he gets to actually so. be like the voice of the land for absolutely for the which was really cool it was not stereotypical he could he, they could have easily put him in lion claw and be like dude what the fuck <laughs> like they but did. no, uh, I, right. I don't know how to broach this subject, but they did have like a lot of vagina imagery in that shot, right? Like that's like oh, not 100%. my imagination. Like no, there's some, there's definitely some vagina imagery. This there, was a horny but, movie, man. Yeah, it, it yeah. was just it was it was, a horny movie. Yeah, but it it's like it's not hornier, say, than like Labyrinth. Oh God, no, Which no! I think that was like, just the decade, you know, like just. I mean, I just think it was era. like, yeah, they were just kind of like, what if we just sneak a bunch of this in, and then by sneak it in, I mean, hey, have some some, some shots of David Bowie's bulge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. functioned as an awakening tool for many people. Um, <laughs> naturally, yes. True. True. I, yeah, it's but, just yeah, yeah. It was just the time. It was just like <laughs> let's let's just put some 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 peens and vagines everywhere. Just slide exactly. those in. You know that was that that was that <laughs> shit back in the day. Yeah, it was like how much can we get away with? Uh, they'll never know. Uh, an awful lot, apparently. An awful fucking lot. Yeah, that in the soundtrack slaps. Like it's that's and that's cheesy, fucking it's that's it's fucking Giorgio Moroder who is the yeah. like fucking granddaddy of synth music. He is like the he is the reason it's like him and fucking Robert Moog or Moog mm-hmm. are the reason that we have synth music. Mm. They <laughs> yeah. are like that's it. I mean, they they paved the way for people like Vangelis. They are the like number ones. So to have his touch on this, you can feel it. Because the synth mm-hmm. is fucking dope as hell. Mm-hmm. It is pretty rad. Uh. I definitely knew all those names. <laughs> <laughs> Vangelis, Vangelis is the one who did Blade Runner and mm, uh, sure, Chariots sure. of Fire. That makes sense. Uh, Robert Moog is the guy who basically, the Moog's, Moog or Moog synthesizers are like one of the first brands of like uh, electronic synths. And Giorgio Moroder is like just, as I said, he's the granddaddy of synth, basically. Yeah. Um, There's show. It shows. It's fucking, it's a dope-ass soundtrack. And that is, I I would almost say excluding the kind of cheesy 80s opening ending song, which is like a a deathly earworm that will get you and it will hold you down. It'll like hold your head (laughs) under the waters of itself until all that is left in your brain is just something that I'm not going to sing because I don't want us to get a copyright strike against us. I'll take them right off. <laughs> I'll just start mm-hmm. saying shit. Ian is desperately trying to save himself, but like the nothing, it's fucking coming for you, babe. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can like oh, hear it man. in the distance a little bit. Yeah, it's coming closer every second. <laughs> oh man. I yeah, this the music in this is so fucking good. The yeah, no. There's so much good in this movie. Man, I was not expecting... Ian and I had, like, a really, like, hard-line conversation about this earlier where I was just, like, very, very harsh on it. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I just came to bat for this movie swinging hard. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. here for it. I like it. E, what did you like about this movie? Mm. So I think you all touched on the most valid uh, and strongest points of this being the design, the uh, practicality of it all. Uh, uh, something else that I, I truly enjoyed that I, I don't see a lot of. Uh, I feel two types of way about this. Because, again, in our conversations, uh, in dialogues, in pre-production, Matt, you, you forced me to re-examine this, and I appreciated that. Uh, something that I appreciated being the son of an educator that I don't see a lot of um, visual media doing, it's not necessarily absent, but I don't see a ton of, is promoting literacy in some regard. Uh, does the never ending story do it perfectly in the way that they frame it through like the elitist kind of snobby bookkeeper shop guy? No, but the fact that this kid's power comes from reading books and his imagination, uh, that's a pretty stellar rad theme that I like that I wish, uh, was still more prevalent in some of our more Uh mass media. I feel like that was a thing in the 80s because you also had, like, fucking The Page Master mm-hmm. and The Princess Bride. Like, there are these these movies that are about books that are, like, really, like, kind of love letters to books yeah. and to reading, which is, yeah, you're right. It's super fucking cool. It's great. And uh, so that that's definitely a, a part of it that I appreciated to tack on to everything you all mentioned because I'm right there with you all. Uh, second of all, to sort of uh, flesh out and elaborate the the rough edges of this uh, and what we had talked about with, like, you know, character designs being full of just that character but also not being afraid to be ugly this film and again this is a dichotomy that i hate because i do hate some of the culture and language that surrounds this idea but i get it uh feels less polished than a lot of kids media today as if uh like it went through maybe like two or three less focus groups than probably a lot of kids media today Mm. you know like they probably like passed it by like two or three people and were like yeah fucking like snake dog and fucking Mm. nipples on egyptian (laughs) statues let's fucking Mm. do it let's fucking go baby like put nipples back in kids cartoons and shit like not not flagrantly but like if it calls for it like there's there's egyptian art in this and yeah fucking wait actually i don't know did egyptian statues have nipples i feel like they did they probably did oh man i'm trying to think back to my art history classes all right, they have like some of them hint at nipples. Mm. Damn. Okay. This okay. A, okay. So like, yeah. yeah. I mean, the hint of a nipple is still something. More... The nipples were maybe a little too pronounced in this one. Now that I now that I reexamine this and go through Google <laughs> <laughs> Google image searches, I I have already stated on record that this movie was horny as fuck, and this is probably another time where like the uh, set designer could have toned it down maybe like 15 to 20 percent let's just mm-hmm. say the set designer spent a lot of alone time with this stuff let's put yes, it that that's way. true yes, they did yes they did <laughs> i will say that a lot of sphinxes had uh, generous proportions going through this so like that like isn't as jarring i guess there's like hey i i don't know like this film is fucking weird and while i don't think it does things perfectly it was way more enjoyable than i thought it would be yeah i i agree and i do think that you're right that there's something really charming's the wrong word because it's condescending and pleasant isn't right there's something Mm -hmm. really enjoyable about seeing a movie that is like a little under polished in in the sense mm-hmm. that it uh, you're right i mean it feels like mm-hmm. so much of kid stuff this day and age is corporate 
and it is driven yes. through this desire of mm. like marketability and selling things. It's about how can we maximize profit, which is how you wind up with things like the fucking minions, the death of all life. <laughs> God, I mm. swear to God, if you peered into the nothing, it would just be the minions, like just yeah, a tidal a wave of them just going. I hate the minions so much. Yeah, they're I, bad marketing tools, and that's and the, so bad because that movie's not the first one's not. No, that bad. the 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 first one's actually great, and they played yeah. a smaller part of it. And then mm-hmm. you know the corporate, the fucking as David Mamet would call them, the fucking penguins. Got Jesus. got it into their heads, and they were like, "Oh well, the minions are great. What if what if we just did all of it as minions? What Jeez. if every single thing is a minion?" Just the entire franchise. They yeah, had something there. Just ruined. Yeah, it. well, it's fucking. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, we're talking about a and different movie. I, yeah, I think. But I think that that uh, <laughs> that point can be seen in something like with what happens to fucking Artax or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like. In how many kids' movies nowadays would they dare to introduce a companion animal to our protagonist and then take it away because of sadness and loneliness? Like, yeah, I, I mean, that fucking scene is also just like it's so good because you like figure out what is happening before, a, like Atreyu does, where like the moment that our tag stops moving, you're like, oh. Fuck. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. well, we're gonna, and then they don't solve. They there's no solving it, and then he goes on alone. Yeah. You know, it's it's really like ah, uh, it's. I so feel like a lot of days good. they like in in every one of these stories, like the uh, person that sends them on the quest is like, this will be a hard journey, and you will like uh, struggle with it, and like that's not always necessarily true. Yeah, in those stories, struggle. but this it's one they definitely easy. let like they let him know like this is gonna suck. You have to go to the fucking this place and then that place and then that place. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I'm a fucking yeah. brave warrior. Let's fucking do it. And then your horse dies yeah. on like leg two of the journey. Like, right. like oh, but like, yeah. fuck, man. I yeah. do have an issue with that, but we get to the bad. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, here's, here's one more thing that I would like to say. This movie somehow does a really good job of doing a uh fetch narrative without mm-hmm. it feeling uh inconsequential or dumb uh yeah. Yeah. and i want to i i had this moment where i juxtaposed this i was like this is similar similar there are there are parallels between this and the rise of skywalker and the things mm-hmm. that made rise of skywalker bad seem to be working for this one it was interesting mm. because like rise of skywalker is like okay great we need to get to the fucking palpatine palace or whatever to stop the fucking it hey spoilers for rise of skywalker i we, i didn't like it i'm not going to speak for you no, two it's not good you can so speak <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and just spoil quickly kind of like right. what a fetch quest this movie was because it's like we need to go to the place <laughs> all right to go to the place we need the map great to get the map we need a key Okay, I got the key. Great. The map is the key is the map. Okay, great. Now I've got the map to the key that's actually not the first key. <laughs> and the key that is the first key was a map that took me to the map that is the key to get me to the planet. Like, <laughs> it, it, that's what the never ending story is to a degree. Like, okay, I need to go mm-hmm. to the fucking ancient one. Great. The ancient one says I need to go to the fucking oracle. Great. I go to the oracle. I go to the oracle, and then they're like, fuck dude i don't know you got to go outside of fantasia like 
oh shit like it's a huge fetch fetch quest but it's like way more compelling i don't know yeah, mm. yeah. I, that was, that was I will, a parallel I that, I, that, that i found mm. really interesting and like yeah uh i i gave i had to give them a bunch of credit because i was like it's not easy to make a story like that uh, interesting or 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 compelling you know mm. yeah 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 i agree oh man this movie has a lot of good going for it despite its flaws i feel like this movie um oh man i feel like this movie has many redeeming qualities mm. that are um without without even needing to hand wave stuff which he and I got into a whole conversation about um, and we've talked about before where it's like we shouldn't just hand wave b and be like oh it was the 80s like Absolutely. that means that they get free reign to do whatever mm -hmm. like this this movie stands on its own merits yes some things have changed and our sensibilities have changed and mm -hmm. you, we should be cognizant of that when examining it but by and large I think the majority of this movie works and I think the reason it works is because it's just so fucking wild like yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and they allow scary things to be scary yes yep. i mean gamork is like i am sure the source of many nightmares for children <laughs> um, oh yeah absolutely i mean the first time you see him you're just like fucking balls Excuse that thing is me <laughs> they yeah. said what after this fucking kid and the kids right, you're like yeah. oh this kid has this kid has no weapons and a horse oh he doesn't have a horse anymore that kid's fucked like, <laughs> right. like right. cool you got a whole you got a whole ass wolf after you mm -hmm. <laughs> like shit mm -hmm. man mm -hmm. oh fuck I yeah, I feel like we could go on for a long time about the goods of this movie. Maybe we should transition over to the things that we didn't like as much. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll go ahead and join in. I'll All right. on in. You start. Uh, All right. So a lot of the <laughs> I love the fetch quest. I think they do do a pretty decent job, but the beginning of it was a little bit like what? Mm, <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. nigga, uh you're supposed to be uh, an adult. Where's the adult? He's like, "Well, it's just me, nigga. You got to deal with it." He's like, all right, fam, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and the kid, the tray is just like, all right, what I got to do then? And he's like, you can't take any weapons. You got to go alone. And it's just like, what? Why? Yeah, why? Like, why? Why is that a thing? At least give him his I weapons. Just, Come on. Like, jeez. <laughs> I was like, please, I need more to understand why you're sending this kid to die. It's like, you're probably going to die, fam. Uh, and we don't really know what the nothing is or how it attacks people, but it's there. Um, so it's just kind of weird, but it, it kind of fits though. Cause the movie's just kind of all over the place. Um, you know, when his horse dies, um, I kind of wish his horse died a little bit more into the film. Cause you don't really have a connection between him and the horse yet. Mm, uh, and so that. when he dies, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. As a kid, I'm sure it would have wrecked me. Like, right. Right. Um, and it probably did. Cause again, I, I, I barely remember this film. Um, but yeah, I would have liked the horse to be on a journey a little bit longer. I don't know if that's in the book, but I'm, I think this all comes, this point all boils down to, I wanted it to, to be longer. And I mean, I'm going to explain this um, because that is an easy statement to make. Be like, how, what would you have done differently? Okay, I'll tell you without getting into that part of the show. Um, so Steven Spielberg helped edit this film. Mm. Um, they shaved off seven minutes of it. And I'm like, I love you, Steven Spielberg. Um, but his reasoning was because it needed a faster pace 
for U.S. audiences. And as much mm. as you have not held back on a lot of the material for this movie, I don't think the pacing would have been an issue here. As a matter of fact, I wanted it to be slower. And that's mm. like, Ben, you usually don't like slow movies. I, I understand that. I wanted this movie to be a little bit more meatier. It just kind of zips by, and I'm like, that's mm. cool. The pacing's not horrible. It, it works. I mean, Steven Spielberg's fucking competent. Like, he makes it work. But I feel like there's so much meat left on the bone here, and I'm sure it's because it's a book, that I'm just like, oh, man, I just want that meat. I want the rest of this story. And I feel like there are scenes, critical scenes, just kind of missing. Um, yeah, I could have gone for this movie to be two and a half hours, I, three hours. Can I ask what, you, all, would, uh, what you would like to have seen more of? Uh, no, it's just, just that. I would have liked to have seen more of the lore. I would like to have seen them live in that space more. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to um, have more connection with the horse. I would like to have more connection with Atreyu um, and where he's from and how did he get there. Definitely. I would like to, again, I want to really sink into this environment that is Fantasia. Um, and it kind of just kind of zips by. It's like, oh, these are really cool things. It's like so much scenery, so many things that are being eaten up by the camera that I want it to live in that a little bit more. Mm. I'm okay with... Um, the kid was Bash. Was was his name Balthazar? Whatever the fuck. His fucking name is Bastion, Bastion Balthazar Bucks, and I'm Bastion. gonna talk about that in a second. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I'll let you have that one because that's a whole can of worms. Um, I'm okay with the amount of time they spent with him and back and forth. That part didn't. Uh, it was more of the fantasy elements that I was really um, more um, intrigued about to begin with. Um, also, maybe just a little one more scene with him and his dad and how that that really works out and and how that plays into his psyche to really kind of get a sense for him and, and a feel for him hmm. um, and maybe switch out the kid. But again, I'll give that to Matt. Um, <coughs> yeah, you know, I, that's what I, I meant. Two and a half hours. This, this movie is a one hour and 42 minutes. Two and a half, three hours. I honestly, I think a kid would sit through that because it's so cool to look at. It's so cool. It's so much going on. I would sit my happy ass down for three hours and watch my ass some never-ending story. I kid you not. It's just like, it's it's the scale, and I'm going to stop because I'm, I'm trying to keep it short. The scale of this could be, could have been the scale of the Lord of the Rings. Mm. Like, that's how much material that I know is missing here um, and that I really wanted for them to just like, yeah, we're going to go balls to the wall. Keep that seven minutes. As a matter of fact, let's film whatever we had. Let's film more. Um, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Because I, I, I really enjoyed it, but that's one of my big, big flaws here. I, and some of the stuff didn't make sense, but like, whatever. Uh, who else is next? If anyone disagrees or thinks it's a good pace, because I think I think it could be long. I will say real quick that something that I appreciated about this film, uh, and I understand where you're coming from, Ben, but something I did appreciate is that they didn't feel super bogged down to create like this insanely uh, complex web of uh, of a kingdom up front in the time that they had. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's something that a lot of modern fantasy falls into the trap of, of like, oh, in order for my world to be valid or interesting, I need to write like a 200 page dissertation on the history. And while I do think I agree, I, I want to see what those seven minutes were. Blame that they Tolkien cut. for that. <laughs> I, I love yeah, Tolkien, true. but that is like the curse of modern fantasy. I feel like Absolutely. is that everyone's kind of like my world can't exist unless I like 
unless you know what people eat on Sundays for right. lunch. Right, right, right. And, and it's so like, there you know was, what? You don't need that. Well, I agree. I would have liked to have learned more about the film because I'll talk about this too. I, I would have liked to have seen a little less of Bastion. I get that his journey is like mm. our journey, but like, get a better kid for that then. Um, it, I, I appreciated how flagrantly they're like, listen, you can go with us uh, and trust us that there's a fucking tower of mirrors or you can't. Like, it's it's there and he's I, already done it, so. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, you know, I think the way to, to not be so bogged down is I don't, there has to be an interesting way of getting that exposition out without just a huge exposition dump. Definitely. Because then it, that's when it feels like, all right, we get it. But I think movies like, again, The Lord of the Rings, which could have easily been just exposition, and it wasn't because it was told beautifully. And the exposition that's there is hidden with beautiful dialogue um, and everything else and those beautiful shots and, and the pacing still works. Something like akin to that. Like I get it. Not every movies have tried since the Lord of the Rings come, like came out to emulate, emulate that and have failed because they get again they get in the trap of, well, I need everyone to understand where this movie's taking place. So let's just have one character or two characters just dump a bunch of exposition or my favorite narration at the beginning uh, to tell you every fucking thing that you need to know. And it's like, well, we don't need that. I just I want it. And I'm sure there's more material because I'm sure the book the book is pretty probably pretty dead if i remember correctly um, there's actually a pair it's not just one book i think there's like two books absolutely so there's it's there you don't need to have a bunch of exposition i that's not what i was trying to get at and i, I hear you you don't always need that and sometimes it is to, good to get in get out and just believe that the fucking thing's there i think this would this particular piece would have benefited from that extra, um, that extra, just, just sure. that extra, you don't have to dig in, don't bog us down with it, but like a little extra environment. Yeah. Um, work. I, 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 I agree, especially in the journey of Atreyu. Yeah. I feel like there could be more comings across and little like small challenges and a little bit of that journey to the point kind of leading into the swamp of sadness. I disagree that it should be a three hour long movie. Oh, man, but I, I, I feel like that three hours. I feel like an extra <laughs> 20 if you just set it at two hours, mm. I think that would have solved a lot of woes in terms of the the overall content. However, <clears throat> I also feel that something needs to be cut down massively. And it's, as Ian said, fucking Bastion, because he mm. sucks so much ass. He, He's terrible. Dude, I mean, the acting is bad. His right, He deserves to be in that fucking dumpster. Go back in the dumpster. <laughs> like, you <laughs> fucking Jesus. suck. He sucks so much. Yeah, he's not good. He's, he's like, not good. No, no he's really so. Good. Neither is Atreyu to me either. But like, he's better. A he's Atreyu, Atreyu at least kind yeah. of fits into the like blank hero thing where you're yeah, like, he's, he's a the Keanu 80s Reeves. Mo- yeah, he's yeah. yeah. He, he, where, it, it's okay. Where you, yeah. the, you as the audience can be like, I could be him. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah, right. like Bastion is just like, yuck. He's so whiny. And he's yeah. so garbagey, and his voice is grating, and he just every time we go back to him, I'm just like, oh, like, <laughs> oh my god. I also, I my biggest complaint about this movie can just be summed up in the words "moon child." <laughs> I, I no spoilers if you haven't seen it, but get ready for when you know, you'll know, I and just, it's just they so never funny. address. Mm. that 
listen, you don't, to me, you don't have to mm-hmm. justify the fucking bulldozer bicycle that the rock biter eats. You don't have to justify what a luck dragon is and why it looks like a dog worm with fucking organs on its outside. You don't need to even justify the giant vagina tower, okay? If you justify anything to me, it's why this person in the real world, not fantasy <laughs> land, I, I want to know what their birth certificate says. I know. <laughs> I know. I agree mm. because what the fuck? And just that moment is supposed to be so that's the that's the emotional culmination of the movie mm-hmm. and I cannot watch that without busting a gut because it's so fucking stupid. It's so dumb and it doesn't land. It doesn't work and part of that is because we have uh the just the wettest of dish rags for our main character, but it's also just because it's fucking ridiculous and it does not work for me and oh god it's just that i i also i have this sort of okay so i'm i'm going to keep this really brief because i could go off on this for a while sure uh, the never-ending story, the book, was written by Michael Ende, who is inspired by the writings of Rudolf Steiner, who is the founder of Waldorf Education, which I was educated in from the grades of five through the end of high school. And I can taste it in this movie. And one of the things that I can taste is this sort of, this ego that exists within Waldorf education and a lot of other alternative educations, I will think, which is like, well, we know, we know the real truth. We know better than you. Like you think, you you know, you're, and you see it in the bookseller where the kid comes in and he's like, I don't like kids. Get out of here. The the arcade is down the street. These are called, these are rectangular things called books. You won't find anything (laughs) that goes bip, bip there. And it's like, Mm -hmm. fuck off, old man. And that is that sort of fucking egotistical uh, like self-congratulatory thing that I find in a lot of Waldorf education and also Mm. in general in alternative views in general. If you are in a situation where you are bucking the norm, it is very, very easy for a lot of people to kind of get this smugness where they go, well, you know, we know better than you. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? You don't. Because at the end of the day, you're still following someone else's teachings. You're still following something else entirely. Waldorf Education believes that technology is bad for you. They believe that computers are bad for you. They believe in fucking carving things out of wood. There's a thing in there in Waldorf Education called Eurythmy, which is a dance that Rudolf Steiner made up that involves ascribing dance moves to sounds and you do it to poetry. This shit is fucking bananas. It is so (laughs) wild. It also has a lot of uh, Christian indoctrination into it that no one in Waldorf Education is really willing to talk about. But guess what, everybody? It's a Christian uh, cult. I mean, (laughs) for lack of a better term. It's still a great education system, and I learned a lot from it. I didn't learn how to do math or science, but boy, howdy, I'm a good writer now because of it, and I appreciate that. However, that smugness carries through into this, and it is something that I, it leaves a really bitter taste in my mouth because it's so, so self-congratulatory. And Mm. the themes of it are not subtle. They are very heavy-handed, and... I I feel that that 
does a disservice. Um, and I feel like they are heavy-handed because of the nature of this this feeling of being in the know, where you're like, well, we have to pass this information on to those less fortunate than us. You know, to the, we must educate them. It's fucking, mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, it's just the same colonialist bullshit that white people have been doing for so fucking long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that is, to me, a big problem that sits in this now again this was the 80s we weren't right. as, we weren't pe- people weren't as woke back then mm-hmm. but, but i still the, feel it deep down absolutely and that was the double-edged sword of the the message mm-hmm. of literacy that this uh film i thought tried to kind of promote kind of right. loosely is that they did come at it from a, a very uh colonialist and just generally ageist perspective because if there's something i can't stand it's like my media back in the day is way better than the media (laughs) you consume today today it's all filth and it's like okay but like you realize like 40 30 years ago the roles were reversed and you were crying about how like people liked buildings instead of books or some shit you know like that's actually (laughs) it's it's it's, I, i just it's so yeah, I totally 100% agree with that because uh, there is something to be said for like being literate in technology and and absolutely. games even. And absolutely. so yeah, that that absolutely. sort of elite, elitism that came with it was not entirely it's a, palatable. It's yeah. a tricky line to walk because mm. as you said, like literacy promotion is good. Books are great. I fucking love books. I love reading. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I have always I read a lot as a kid. Like I yes. I love the way that but, a book can like make you fall into it, but, right, which but is there an are apt other metaphor. forms of media that can also be ingested and make you just as creative and intelligent as reading it can mm, be. Sure, like, I, absolutely. Um, well, yeah. and it's just it's just this this unnecessary punching down, mm-hmm. you know, and that I think is at the the heart of it is that there's this ugly little heart in a lot of uh, alternative things. And also, just in general, in uh, the the left elitist sort of mm-hmm. thing, where yeah, like no, you know, we're like, oh, you poor lamb. Oh, you haven't read this. Oh, look at yeah, you. Like, oh, why yeah. don't you go back to your mud and stick your face into it, yeah. little hillbilly? Okay, yeah. Maybe you know? that doesn't interest someone. Yeah, right. Just yeah. that. People. <laughs> yeah, just... You know. So right. I don't know. It's it is I think it is a double-edged sword in I think you're right that it is good that it promotes it, but I also think that there's you got to be really careful mm-hmm. when you're promoting mm-hmm. it cuz it could come across as a little bit preachy. Yes it can. So I I, I want to jump in here, my friends, because mm-hmm. um I I I I can come to bat for the never-ending story all I want, but it's also not really super perfect and I'm going to pivot on the nipples. If I can, Mm -hmm. I think maybe uh, after further research and upon review, uh, I'm here for a little bit of harniness in my movies. But like the nipples on on the statues could have been maybe Mm -hmm. twenty percent smaller. Um, Right, (laughs) absolutely, they're pretty big. I would say (laughs) sausage. They're they're pretty big. Um, I would say, I mean, Bastion's the obvious problem, the weakest link by far. Um, and Ben, I think you raised excellent points that like, I wish there was a little bit more meat of us getting to learn and care for our tax because like we get the horse and it did, it struck me as a little cheap. Not like the cheapest thing I'd ever seen, but a little cheap that we get like 
a scene and a half with this horse and, and his human. And it's like, oh, it's a cute horse. And then by the end of the scene, it's like, oh, it's a sad <laughs> horse. Um, <laughs> I know. So I, I, I think that there are some pacing and content issues by far and large. Um, I think that they could have integrated uh, Bastion's effect on the world a little bit better. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, specifically, we, we talked about this, Matt. Uh, I, I don't think never at any point ever <laughs> reading any of the scariest books I've ever read have I genuinely looked up from the page after reading what I've read and shouted out loud. Like, just never. And there are a hundred different ways that they could have solved this problem. The kid's in a spooky attic reading shit. And I get why this moment is in there. It needs for us to highlight that, oh shit, like he's actually kind of present in the never-ending story. He is inextricably linked to it. Like I get why it's there. Mm -hmm. There were more graceful ways that they could have done that. Absolutely. I mean, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Because, <laughs> like, also, it doesn't come at a point of, like, particular horror. Yeah. horror. It's like, yeah, so what happens is, like, right, so he's on the he's on the turtle. The turtle rises up. He realizes the turtle's a turtle. <laughs> and, like, and then, uh, yeah, and then Bastion just goes, like, <laughs> and... And then they're like, what the fuck? was?" I described it as like, if you heard your downstairs neighbor scream and you're like, what? <laughs> do I, like, do we do, do something we about it? We... Okay, if they scream, if they, if they scream twice, if we'll they scream knock. twice, we're we'll going to go and knock. Mm. We'll knock. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just having a thing. I don't want to, I don't know what they do. They do all sorts of weird stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just like that moment felt so bizarre and Again, like in so many ways, this movie kind of shoots itself in the foot in its most important moments, mm-hmm. wherein, you know, the horse death too soon, the he affect the world Silly, too yeah. dumb, too right. weird. The the final the final yelling of the name Moonchild. Right. I too <laughs> that's stupid. That's like forever. the emotional climax of your film, mm-hmm. and I, I I I that is now the name of the monarch. There, like, mm-hmm. do you think at any yeah. point, like Moonchild? I I really hope that some of that seven minutes that got deleted was that that scene with the Empress, who's like. He just has to give me a new name. He's already got it. And like, what do you mean he's already got it? It's a shitty name. I really wish he had brainstormed a little more. I really <laughs> do. <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then and then they're like, yeah, and then he yells Moonchild, and she's like, fuck, he did. He that's fucking, my name. Uh, don't. That's my name now. That's my name now, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Please don't wear I it out. Please. <laughs> Let's come up with a nickname real fast, all right, MC. everybody? Just call me MC. Cool. Is that cool? Can we all get behind MC? MC. MC, MC princess in the house. Oh, oh fucking god! Yeah. There are child. there are quite a few other reasons that like I could nitpick at this, Matt. I think you you did a you did a a fantastic job uh, when we were talking a little bit earlier um, about what Bastion chooses to do with his power once he receives it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I this is something that has always bothered me about this movie, and in rewatching it, fully cemented. So this motherfucker like gets a luck dragon in the real world, and presumably he's not just hallucinating wildly, <laughs> which he could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but because that's the power of reading, children. go hallucinate uh, dragons <laughs> with but your like, friends. He, right. yeah. <laughs> he he like gets this newfound power. 
And the first thing he fucking does with it is bully his bullies. Yeah. The first thing this fucking honky does is he (laughs) takes his power and uses it to assert himself over others. Mm -hmm. Now, it was the 80s. All of the stories were like, meek child learns to stand up for themselves, which is why you have like a Christmas story, which I hate, in which he just like beats the shit out of the kid and then basically gets rewarded for it. You know, like all of these stories are stories in which uh, a meek kid learns to like beat the shit out of someone. And then they're like, finally, you are a man. (laughs) And you know what? That's a mass backwards shit. And you have the power of a luck dragon on your hand and you're going to use it to essentially become what I can only imagine is like a Targaryen level tyrant (laughs) over the city. Like, (laughs) like. That's like, I mean, it's just, there's so many other things you could do and you could show compassion. Mm. You could, because that's what real power is. Real power is having power over someone who has hurt you (laughs) and choosing not to hurt back. That's like the real character growth. And instead he's like, nope, back into into the dumpster with you motherfuckers. (laughs) And it's just, you know... Yeah, it's, it's again, you know, yeah, it's the 80s. That was the story they were telling, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, right, I don't right. like it. I just, I don't. I think it's bad. Yeah, I agree. I also, yeah, I we should also talk about how, uh, since we're in the bads, it would be a disservice to talk about how coded as a Native American Atreyu is while being portrayed by, like, someone who's probably, like, fucking Italian-American or something. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, they literally... Really, there's a shot where he's when when they're they're like oh yes and he hunts the purple buffalo which okay oh, god i know and then and then and then bastion in the real world looks to his trapper keeper a backpack i can't remember and it's got like a native american dude on it yep. hunting a bison <laughs> and you're like okay so he's native american cool yeah he's super he's super coded in that way mm. but yeah and you know played by like a little greasy Italian right boy. yeah um, i'm gonna double check my words on that real quick oh. but i don't think that this is a, a noah hathaway is a, a native uh person probably not. i mean that's fair can i can i also just say while you're looking this up i i also just think in general the acting is bad Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there are certain instances where people shine. Uh, Ian, you pointed out, Moonchild's pretty fucking dope. I think For a young actress, job. she was really good. And I think... She's, she's really good. Yeah. yeah. And I think Atreyu is acceptable. Yes. Mm-hmm. In, I don't think he's good. But when you compare him to, A, Bastion Balthazar Bucks, his real full legal name, mm-hmm. no wonder why he's such a piece of shit. His mom <laughs> named him that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus. But also, and his dad is just Bastion's father. His dad has no name. Oh, Jesus. Oh, fuck. Yeah. But, like, you know, none of the acting is really that good. Um, the voice acting isn't great. The It, it just, it, it lacks. And this is, again, the kind of double-edged sword of the polish thing is that it simultaneously, while it feels very, like, you know, fun and a little messy, also at times I'm like, you could have gotten better actors than this. Mm -hmm. Like, but, you know, I I feel like our standards for child actors have greatly, drastically improved. Oh, of course. As has the, Um, like, sort of, I feel like, market 
for them to be honest yes absolutely yeah yeah well and the mark yeah it's because they're they we realize that actually you can't have child actors who it's are good wild, actors. right <laughs> so right. so we were like all right well i guess we can do a good job with these people now you know yeah yeah because this is rough did you uh did you find out i did out not find out anything particular about his lineage he was born to uh robert and i believe judy hathaway in la mm, so probably not I mean, probably that, not i think it's a safe thing mm. to say probably not but um <laughs> you know the the possibility is already out always out there so uh Mr. Hathaway, if you need to correct us, you uh, can reach out to us on any of our social media platforms. That's too many flakes with a letter number two at beginning and the X at the end. Um, <laughs> don't be afraid to I smash like and out. subscribe, Mr. Hathaway. Thank you so much. <laughs> Mr. Hathaway, after 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 I did refer to you as greasy, I apologize. That was very rude of me. It was your hair, it, man. It looks a little your, greasy your a lot of the time in the film. A little bit. It does. It does. I'm not calling you <laughs> greasy. I'm saying you you were greasy mm -hmm. in that movie. Um, all right. Shall we move on to the to the reconstruction? Yeah. Here we yes. go. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. I feel like this this movie is uh, ripe for a remake. It is at this point. Um, I do think that the I I know Michael Ende really hates these movies, so the <laughs> likelihood of this getting a remake is probably not going to be until everybody's dead and then then some. <laughs> but. I I mean maybe if you did a good enough job I I would need to read the source book and see what else could be pulled from it and how to like you know up that uh you got to keep the weird Absolutely. right Absolutely. you got to keep the weird you got to keep the weird and you um, got to keep a decent amount of the practicals in this I don't think you can do away with Absolutely. it but like that's part of the charm yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Yeah, you got to keep it in I there. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I would do 100% a redesign of the Luck Dragon yes. to make him less terrifying to all absolutely. of my senses. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, get better actors. Get better actors. actors. Uh, if we're going to code Atreyu as uh, an indigenous person, then uh, let's cast an indigenous person as Atreyu. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. I would. Uh, I don't necessarily dislike too much of the pacing of it. I would like to see a little bit more of where Atreyu comes from uh, while that we're in here, nice, and it yeah. gives us a chance to bond more with our yeah. cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you could even do a little bit of like a scouring of the Shire type thing, mm. wherein Atreyu, like you know, if you want to drive in the the idea of loss and everything, Atreyu, because like Atreyu seems sort of disconnected from everything beyond the fact that he is the most skilled of the people. Mm -hmm. But it's like he doesn't really have much personality beyond the hero who goes forth. Mm -hmm. So grounding this in his own in his own existence in his own life would go a long way toward making it you know mm. better. Um, I don't know more more realistic, more believable, even in its fantasticalness. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I would actually not give him too many lines. I would almost like I think you can make him a relatable character, but also I think a Atreyu would be best just almost like the silent killer. I know we just talked about him having um, personality, but I think he can uh, still have that personality while also like just being more action oriented absolutely um, and more um, uh, uh feeling and emotions than just any words i don't think you need to well be. and i think that ties back into what you had been talking about earlier ben where like sometimes it just felt like an exposition dump at times 
Right. And you can mm-hmm. get rid of mm-hmm. some of that and build character through action as opposed to dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. Make him like maybe mm-hmm. a little more silent, a little more actionable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, almost like Link from Zelda. Right. Yeah. I mean, th- there are right. like d- stark <laughs> parallels there, I feel like. You got like a, yeah, like a half pretty tunic, yeah. you got long hair, you got like right. a symbol of like magical power, and you're yeah. like totally mm-hmm. vibing with the princess. Right, and maybe give him <laughs> weapons get him. too. Like, can he have at least yeah, a weapon? Yeah, I mean, a weapon would be nice. <laughs> have him, have him yeah. do, have him do some cool fucking shit. Show how he is the greatest. <laughs> yeah, he's hunter. the greatest hunter, but yet you him. can't take any weapons. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's also never explained. Yeah. Like, why? why? He chose you for your fighting prowess. Good thing I brought my bow. No, you may not. Nope. You no. <laughs> what, what the fuck am I supposed to do? This is like my whole she's like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I would also. So I do know the book has uh, something that is not really touched upon in the movie is that the nothing is actually not a force unto itself, but rather something that was created by these entities known as the manipulators mm. who exist. It's not really sure if they're from Fantasia or they're from our world. Most likely they're sort of an extra dimensional entity that exists from somewhere else. The whole plot in the books is that they created the nothing because when a character, person, entity from Fantasia falls into the nothing, they turn into a lie and they want to turn all of the imagination into lies and then drive humanity insane. Oh, that's Jesus awesome. fucking Christ. That is the that is the real fucking story. Hey, buds, we could have oh, used dude, a little bit of that. that. Like, yeah. That's yeah. yeah that's like, awesome. There's some that's that's fucking real stakes, and it's real stakes in mm-hmm. the real world. Yeah. And you you can have things where, like, as the nothing gets more prominent, mm-hmm. you could see more, like, and I, I will you say, you know, the problem is I hate the idea of being driven insane, but you could be driven to despair. You could mm-hmm. have a relationship with his father where you see his father falling into things like alcoholism, which is implied by his OJ and eggs combo in the morning. <laughs> yes. Like, I, you know, just have him sitting in front of the TV and the TV is static and he's just like there, existing, blankly. I love this. Work so this way, yeah, this world. way we weave in sort of the more interconnectedness of Fantasia and Terra proper as we know this. Exactly. I like mm-hmm. this. And it also feeds in thematically to sort of what we're struggling with as a people right now with misinformation mm-hmm. and uh you know yes. like, uh lies and stuff uh-huh. like oh that. God. This w- this movie needs to be made. This, we might have just stumbled upon the reason of remake never ending story, <laughs> y'all. I know, jeez. <laughs> I think we did, man. Fuck. TM, TM, TM. This is ours. Yeah, right. Nobody take TM, it. TM, Listener, we, we're dead. go TM, away. TM, Shut TM. up. You heard nothing. Yeah, nobody, nobody listened. <laughs> the directive has changed. Any, any producer, wait, no, right. come back. Come back. Wait, wait mind, no, we need, we need you. We need you. We need you to come right. back. <laughs> uh, That's it. That's the any reboot. Any producers out there, if you'd like to take us up on our offer, you can reach us. Right. Uh, any of our social media sites. Emailing us at Too Many Flicks. Yeah, and via any of our social media platforms. It's too many flicks. That's a number two at the end and X at the end. Why are we all, I, Ian, you and I both struggled to say this thing. It's I feel tough. like we've said it's it ben, so many You times. got it down to a science, my dude. We're, we're still novices in the plug world. <laughs> I, I know. I, <laughs> but, next at the uh, uh, Yeah, shit. also, Morgan okay. Freeman needs to be the uh, wizard. That's it. That's mm. it. That's my last bit. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> right. Naturellement. I I, yeah. I I would also say if you want to keep some narration, 
That is fine. Mm -hmm. However, I was comparing this to The Princess Bride, mm -hmm. where The Princess Bride has a fantastic narration via the grandfather character, mm -hmm. and uh, this has terrible narration via Bastion, because yeah. Bastion mm -hmm. is terrible. <laughs> yeah. And as I've said previously, deserves that dumpster. So I, I just, I, yeah, there's so many ways you can do it and stay closer to the books, uh, you know, while not, um, you know, and get into the meat of it a little bit more. Maybe a miniseries. Mm. Ooh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, miniseries. Yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, feel like, I, I feel like we push really heavily toward TV series. I love miniseries. And I Absolutely. think miniseries are the perfect book adaptation format because it's usually a place that exists between mm -hmm. the full, like, the, the, the full TV series in which eventually you run out of content and the movie where you have sure. to cut out a lot. Yeah, I I like mini series. That. Yeah, yeah, I'm I mini series yeah. HBO. Yeah. Get us Ooh. the fuck up. We will make this they, for you. They're yeah, in that whole yeah. like his dark materials phase. Like, come on, come get it. Go yeah, get it. it. Come get it. That's uh, it's waiting to happen, oh, and then work with the writer since he just like hates it. Like he might actually enjoy it if it's long mm -hmm. and it, you know it. it, it, it you if know, he can actually like tell the story and is truthful <laughs> to his work. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, with that, yeah. let's get into the uh, rating system. Um, who wants to go first? What are you rating this movie? This is a, this is a difficult one for me. Uh, it, yes, it, it, it definitely hovers somewhere around on the list or somewhere something for the background. Um, if I had, if it had been more involved in my childhood, it might be like closer in straddling the line between must watch and uh, on the list. I do think that there's enough balls to the walls wild imagination in this that i would put it as something on the list uh on the lower end mm -hmm. i'm not trying to get to it with immediacy but it's definitely there mm -hmm. and like like oh yeah like maybe today's the day you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely i agree a hundred percent i think it's something on the list if you've seen it before, it's def's uh, a background mm -hmm. thing, you know, because it's just like, you know, put it on, make yourself some Rice Krispie treats or whatever you're doing to keep yourself sane in these trying times. And then just like, yeah, you know, do some do some drugs <laughs> that are legal in the place that you live in. And I would certainly never advocate for anything else. Um, and then watch this fucking movie, because you know what? You will not regret doing some drugs before you watch this movie, because true. it is because <laughs> they were on them before they made it. So, right, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would say it's on the list. If you haven't if you have seen it, something yeah. for the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 What about you, Ben? Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you guys on the list. If you haven't seen it, something in the background if you have. You could even, like, sometimes movies I've seen a hundred times, I'll just throw on in the background and nap, too. Oh, absolutely. Just, this is a good one yeah, for that just a little it's bit. Mm -hmm. like, it's a little spooky, yeah. but... Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is definitely one of those yeah. movies that I'll probably one day just turn on. It's like an overcast out day outside, mm -hmm. and it's kind of cold or mm -hmm. something. You just, like, drink some hot tea and just nap on the sofa yeah this maybe is, ordering some yeah, take-in or that. something you know like absolutely i have a throw in everything story and i might get through it and i might just nap so <laughs> and you don't feel bad about right. it either way it's perfect <laughs> you know yeah it's great uh yeah this is like this is one of those just good wholesome movies it's just good fun. agreed um yeah yeah agreed all right uh with that being said what do we got for next week who wants to what's uh. tell the people 
Next week, we're going to be watching Dr. Doolittle, Oof. the new one with Robert Downey <laughs> that Jr. That old 2020 I classic. I believe it is. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, it had been stuck in production hell for a long time, and let me tell you, we soon shall be in hell, too. Oh, boy. So I can't wait to fucking watch this, uh, what I have only heard of as a dumpster fire of oh, a movie. Oh, man. So get ready. get ready. Get your Duncan shoes on. Oh, uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a time, everybody. Gonna um, be a fun it's one. It's gonna be fucking great. <laughs> mm-hmm. But until then, we are too many flicks. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell the people who you are, what you're up to these days, and uh, do you have, and if so, what is your favorite Thanksgiving movie? Oh, jeez. Uh, now, this could be a movie that you traditionally watched on Thanksgiving, or it could be a Thanksgiving theme. Sure, movie. sure, sure, sure. So I actually have one for this. Uh, it's a little unorthodox, uh, but a very, very good Thanksgiving. Uh, my mother and I, for Thanksgiving, we would often go to a matinee showing of some movie that was in the theaters at the time mm. um, because they wouldn't be super crowded, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we saw quite a few movies uh, over Thanksgiving, but one of the ones that uh, by far and large was probably the best that like, I still think about around Thanksgiving every now and again, uh, The Departed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that is not yeah. what I was expecting. My mom told me to see The Departed in 2006, I think it was, for Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and every, every, every time, somewhere in November, I will probably watch The Departed at least once. Are you a cop? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Oh, shit. I'm the guy who does his fucking Um, job. You must be the other guy. Like, the fucking (laughs) lines in this film, man. It's so good. It's so fucking good. good. Also, uh, don't forget to tell people. Oh, right, right, right. That's (sighs) That's important. Whatever. (laughs) If you really want to know, dear listener, my name is Ian. You can find me on Facebook as Ian Mutiner, if you care to try to spell that. You can find me on Instagram as SockNinja888, or you can find me on uh, Twitter as SirYikesALot at BabyGotNack. Uh, Benjamin, uh, yes. why don't you tell the folks who you are, where they can find you, and um, if we're doing Thanksgiving stuff, I would say, what is one dish that you wish you could still have from Thanksgiving? Uh, from non-vegan days? From non-vegan days, mm. yes. Okay, that's cool. Uh, all right, hi, my name is Ben Jenkins. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. You can find me on Twitter at uh, 3Bs, but 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 Benny in the Jets. Uh, Hell yeah. Just changed that. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Benvolio91. Um, okay, and if you want to hire somebody to do some acting, you can look at my portfolio at BenjaminJenkins.com. Oh, BenjaminTimothyJenkins.com. Um, <laughs> I forgot my own website for a second. Uh, <laughs> uh, and as far as a dish that I wish, wish that I could still have, it would be ham. Mm. Holiday ham is, mm. was delicious, man. Just that, especially if it's a honey-baked ham. I was going to say, is it honey-baked? Mm. Yeah, I'll do. Oh, what I would do is I would mm. I would like days after the ham, like so I would eat just ham, and mm. then like days after when you still have ham left, you know I put like a slab of cheese and uh, make a sandwich out of it. You know what I mean? Just cut off this like a ham fucking sandwich, man. Oh, you're making me real fucking right. Hungry it was right now. It was <laughs> the jam. It was so good. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, oh, there fuck. are really good imitations of ham, to be surprising. But it, they're not as big as an actual ham is. They're, like, really tiny. So you have to buy, like, two, and they're, like, super expensive. Uh, it's, like, 20 bucks. Mm. So he's, like, you're paying 40 bucks for, like, a ham that would feed multiple people. Um, as opposed to just, like, you know, paying that and feed a whole family for a big fucking ham. So that kind of sucks. Um, but, yeah, ham. That's easy. Set and done. Ham. All right. Uh, yeah. Matt, uh, tell the people who you are. What you doing? How to get in contact with you? And what's your favorite Thanksgiving Day dessert? All right. My name is Matt Frost. You can find me on Facebook as Matt Frost. You can find me on Instagram as Spider and Bee, like the tattoos on my arm. You can find me on Twitter at mfrostcreative. My email address is mfrostcreative at gmail.com. My website is mattfrost.media. Um, I'm doing a bunch of fun stuff right now. Got some writing stuff going out. Got a podcast that I just uh, spent the last week writing the fucking theme song for that I am very proud mm, of. And, as you uh, should be. The two, and uh, the two gents have heard it, and I think it's gonna slap. I'm really stoked. Um, that's gonna be coming out soon. Uh, and yeah, my favorite fucking dessert. I am a pumpkin pie human. Oh boy. Um, Pie. I I I love me some pumpkin pie. Yeah. I actually um I I just I subscribe to a wonderful YouTube channel. I that is I wish I could remember it now, but it's basically a dude who cooks historical recipes mm-hmm. and he has found like one of the earliest recipes for pumpkin pie that's so old that it, it's actually spelled pumpkin pie. Ooh, wow. Which is how pumpkin used to be what? spelled. Um that has yeah, that has like rather than being a puree you like roast the pumpkin, peel the pumpkin, like, you know, gut it and then kind of put it into thin strips. And then the pie itself has apple slices at the base and then raisins and currants. Yeah, that sounds delicious. And like, yeah. and like some, yeah, some fucking um, like herbs as well. Mm, like that's what's up. fucking sage and rosemary and shit. And I am going to try it this year because I I want to. That's, um, that sounds good. That's now that's a pumpkin pie I'd be willing to eat. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I love me some pumpkin pie, but, like, that, I bet, is going That's to be delicious. exquisite. Yeah, so, I, I'm yeah. more of a sweet potato pie person myself, but I can I can throw down on some pumpkin pie, though. I Growing up in the North, we didn't really the do sweet the sweet potato, potato pie. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, it's all good. They, they yeah. really do We're... taste the same, though. <laughs> Very similar, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this never-ending story. Hopefully, the podcast was never-ending. Uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> we said what we had to say and we got out there and we appreciate it. This this movie is really good. Like, we... <laughs> like. It's pretty good. Like I had a good time watching it. It made me feel like a kid again. So I'm. We had a lot to talk about. Um, again, guys, the election's over. Yay! Uh, but still, be on your p's and q's. I don't have mm-hmm. to talk about that anymore. I can just talk about you know you not being able to have enough time to watch movies because you're stuck <laughs> in the house all day doing work from home, uh, which is great because that's such a relief. But you're like, hey Ben, I still need. I still need to know what should we be watching. I've heard about the Neverending Story. I didn't watch it as a kid. Will I still enjoy it? Ben, Ian, Matt, tell me, please, what is going on? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We got you. We got you. Listen to this. Then pop it on. That's what we do because we're too many flicks and we watch all the flicks. So that you don't have to.
Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in again to another installment of Stream Theory. We really hope you are enjoying these, we really love making them for you. We know that we have changed up the segments and structure of the episodes a little bit. We would be so curious to hear your feedback. Also, maybe we haven't covered something that we should cover, or we just haven't talked about something, or you disagree with some of our opinions in these Stream Theories. Whatever the case, however you want to reach out and interact with us, you can do so on our social media pages. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Too Many Flicks with the number two at the beginning and an X at the end. You can also find us at our Gmail account, which is too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com. We are also working on revamping the Patreon, getting a bunch of cool new fun ideas and merch and rewards up there for the people who do help us out over there a huge shout out to you all you're fantastic especially natalie cole who has been there since nearly day one all of you mean the world to us and thank you for your support there but we recognize that these are crazy times so not everyone can support financially doing something like commenting or liking or subscribing on whatever platform you're tuning in on means it's weight in gold to small podcasts like us and finally we know that it is an absolute madhouse out there and there are so many more important things that require your attention at this time. We just hope that we can provide you with a little reprieve, a little solace from the madness that has become our world, because it certainly functions as that for us. And we're happy to share that. We just want to finish by saying, it's crazy out there. We understand. Please wear your masks. Please wash your hands. Black lives matter. And stay safe. We love you.